0: Welcome to the RR Podcast. This is your host, Jess James. Join me as I highlight discussions and stories of the unafraid and unfiltered. Let's get rowdy. Oh shit. Hello? Hello. Hello. How's it going? Good. I did it.
1: I downloaded an app and I'm here. Hell yeah.
0: I'm glad you figured it out. I'm still trying to
1: situate myself. Right. All right. Say it's, it's intimidating because I'm a millennial and I'm like,
0: Good technology? <laughs> right? I was a little I was a little worried. I was like, maybe we should have done that
1: like a dry-through. Like like a deep technology. I mean I can play video games and computer games. I'm like, oh yeah, download
0: this app and do this. I'm like, oh what? okay yeah well you know apps are a whole different story but okay girl all right the day's beautiful your name's laura yes what's up girl uh laura tell the audience a little bit about yourself um
1: i don't know where to start let's say i'm a i was in the army from uh, 2005 to 2010, I was oif 608 uh, 8 I was chemical like you. I am married with two sons, eight and four. I'm 34 years old. And uh, I'm a stay-at-home mom.
0: I love it. So lovely. Or <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for the audience, Laura is a old fan I don't mean that as an age, but we go, (laughs) we go way back. We go back. And, um, Laura has been, you know, super supportive and I really love her mindset and perspective. And so we've kind of like agreed on a a couple topics and I just kind of want to pick her brain. And I think she has something really, um, like novel to share with, I mean, doesn't matter your background or where you're at. So, um, you know, not to intimidate you anymore, Laura. I just, I just think, like I said, you're a cool person. Thank I you. want to pick your brain. Pick away, yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool beans, Laura. What's up, girl? Um, what do you feel like sharing with the audience today?
1: Um, <clears throat> today, uh, I guess I, I wouldn't mind talking about um, a little bit of herbal herbalism. Um. And a little bit of
0: uh... Laura. Oh no! Did you, can you hear me? me? Yeah, I can hear you now. That was weird. Did you press mute? No. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, let's try that again. Um, can you? So, can you still hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you now. Okay. Okay. All right. So, Laura, I didn't want to pick your brain about how it plants and shit. Yes. Did that also include cannabis or no?
1: Well, I actually did not add cannabis um, into my repertoire until I was done breastfeeding my, la- my youngest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say I started my journey on um, the power of plants and herbalism and um, healing myself through food in... Um, about, oh gosh, I think maybe 2010 mm. when I got out of the military, um, I'm hundred percent medically retired and depending on what happens here in the future, I might, I might want you to edit that out because I know a lot of people get, you know, very upset that I would, no, I mean, he was like, oh wow, you're at hundred percent disability. That's great. I'm not treated the same because I'm a male and I'm infantry and there was a lot of stigma like, well you get it and so should I you know, you didn't leave the wire and well, you didn't do what I did and I didn't get what I know I deserve and what I know I earned. And it triggers a lot of people that feel like they have not, um, been given a fair, um, experience. So Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe, maybe i want you to keep it in because I, I also don't think that you can't grow if you're not uncomfortable. So someone might need to hear, Hear this, you know. I am a female. I am medically retired from PTSD. I have a hundred percent. I have, you know, um, other aspects of my life that are completely crippled and unable that keep me from from living um, successfully without financial help. I mean, that's that's the agreement that I made in the military.
0: Mm-hmm. And um,
1: I think another thing to kind of touch on is that. You know, I didn't do anything wrong because I got my hundred percent and someone else didn't.
0: Yeah. Yes, exactly. They're just projecting and it's unfair because it's not on the person who received a hundred percent because I I know exactly what you're talking about or even different percentages. Um, Yeah. So it's on the VA and we already know that the VA can be so skewed. Yeah. So I I personally agree. I've felt what you've been talking about, you know, because I, at at first I was given like a lower percentage and then they looked at it again and they gave me a higher percentage. But when that that first percentage hit, I was just so hurt. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That's really triggering. And then Mm -hmm. when you see that
1: someone else was validated you're like well fuck you that you got validated validate me give me what I know I deserve mm-hmm. so
0: yeah I
1: think there's a lot of that just angry projection like well that's not fair you mm-hmm. shouldn't get it because I didn't when you know it's you know like v- it, people are just turning on each other because of in- a different system that wasn't fair yep 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 Yep. yeah so, so I know maybe you should yeah. leave it in maybe you should leave it in because like I said you can't grow in a place of being comfortable you got to you got to feel a little uncomfortable,
0: exactly to grow. <laughs> exactly. Unfortunately, um, you know, yeah, that's just the way it is. Yeah, um, that's just
1: how it's how it's created. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had thirty um, percent disability just for my IBS. Now, I don't know if your listeners are okay with bodily details. I'm assuming they are, since most are veterans.
0: Go for um, it. We're grown.
1: We're human. I you know? I had blood actually. From my rectum, like I get really, really bad IBS flare-ups. I am crippled for a whole day. I mean, I'll vomit, sweat, pass out. Like it's, it's. So I have IBSD, which is IBS diarrhea. There's IBSC, which is IBS constipation, and then mm-hmm. IBS C and D, which is when you have both. Oh my um, god! Yeah, <laughs> I ha- I have IBSD, um, and it's it's horrible. It's I it's debilitating. Like, I mean, I can't leave the house. I can't take care of my kids when I have a flare up. Like if it wasn't for my husband, things would be exponentially more difficult just for me to simply, um, like exist.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it
1: was, it was getting to a point where I was having IBS flare ups, um, like three times a week and I couldn't leave the house. Right. And I was on 12 different medications from the VA and I remember one time I had taken, I think it was four or five of them that were prescribed for me for nighttime, you know, between uh, sleeping medication, restless leg syndrome, uh, stuff for mm-hmm. nightmares and my antidepressant and all this other stuff. I woke up the next day and I could tell that I had taken that the cock- the cocktail they had me on was wrong and I felt like I was dying and I mean like I couldn't see straight like everything was fuzzy I wasn't Mm -hmm. present in my mind like I could tell holy shit if I do this again I'm going to die I'm going to overdose and I'm going to die with all these different medications in my system I shouldn't be taking these together wow so I stopped taking all of my medication and I researched um, different types of foods and diets and all this stuff and I came across of course veganism and I was like, "That's it. I'm going to cut everything out of my diet because I don't know what's triggering all of my digestive issues." Mm-hmm. And so I went, I went vegan for six months, and I lost sixty pounds. I was, I was at two hundred pounds. I'm five foot eight, and I was at two hundred pounds, and I dropped down to one fifty. And then I got pregnant with my first son, and then I went back to just kind of eating anything that I, anything on the spectrum to stay healthy, right? But mm-hmm. It was after it was after that time period where I learned the power of plants mm-hmm. and how it has such a significant impact on not just your body but your mind, and how you're able to kind of step outside of this very narrow thought window when you start adding healthy foods and start taking away the bad stuff. Um, also, I I don't drink. My husband went mm-hmm. sober um, October of 2019. So he's been sober for almost two years and he has not had a single relapse and it's, he has done a lot of work. It's been easy for me. Um, it's been a lot of hard work for him, but I also think Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, I was drinking a lot and smoking cigarettes and, and quitting those things and being more aware of the amount Mm -hmm that you're putting into your body, it makes a big difference in just your ability to have empathy for other people. And I like to, um, about alcohol is more of a masculine energy while marijuana is much more feminine. Mm. So, so, you know, people get drunk and they fight each other. People smoke a bunch of weed and you just want to hang out on the couch and like talk about funny jokes and stuff. So, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, it's been about an 11 year process of me, um, just self-teaching and just getting online and reading books. And um, actually this last year I finally went ahead and did um, an herbalism course. So I got my certificate in intermediate herbalism from um, the herbalism herbalist Academy, the herbal Academy and yes. And congrats. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to continue that journey and, um, it's just, it's been fun. You know, I, I don't have anything, um, you know, like textbook wise until this last year. So it's been, it's been a journey. It's been a journey trusting myself and trusting, um, in plants. Now I don't, we didn't get to where we are without modern medicine. I'm a firm believer in, um, preventative care through plant medicine or, you know, like with, depression that's not a chemical imbalance, you know, with with Mm -hmm. PTSD and, you know, these other things that can be treated or helped um, along with medication, um, with plants and really taking care of yourself. Um, So that's a big one. And I, like I said, I I introduced marijuana into my repertoire after I was done breastfeeding my youngest. Um, And that's been a huge game changer, huge game changer. Ooh, let's talk about that then. How do you I am way more relaxed. <laughs> Good. I'm way more relaxed. Um it's 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 been a it's been a really it's been a big blessing. Um I do have to smoke a lot of it to um get positive effects just because my fight or flight is so intense all the time. Okay. But it it just it takes that edge off that allows me to be vulnerable with myself. Mm-hmm. So when I see something that upsets me, I, before that even happens, I can say, it's all right. Is this about, is this a Laura issue or someone else issue?
0: Okay. That's really um, good. Okay. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> and I can, I can credit this, that saying to my husband because you know when I'm upset and this and that he's like is this a Laura issue or a David issue I'm like God damn it it's a Laura issue okay thank mm-hmm. you <laughs> so, oh, so it's, it's definitely helped with um taking accountability even when it's uncomfortable um mm-hmm. and that's another part of of self-growth and mental growth that is is kind of necessary um it's uncomfortable to take that responsibility. But at the same time, it also feels really good because you are you're accepting yourself. You're accepting your behavior. You're accepting of it. It's like, damn, that that is toxic. Huh? I do do that. I'll change it. And no one's, no one's mad. No one's mad that you're acknowledging toxic behaviors. No one's mad that you're acknowledging these things and saying, wow, I do that. And then changing them. Like that's, that's really healthy and that's, it feels really good. Like it's, it's a bizarre place to be in uh, coming from from a place where it's it's so it was so much easier to just blame everyone else,
0: oh yeah, um, but that's where like you said, that's where <clears throat> the true beauty and growth uh comes in, and like you know, acknowledging that you <clears throat> you are changing and you're not choosing these bad behaviors anymore, yeah, I literally yeah. have been doing that that work and those changes this past year and just kind of taking more time to myself because of mm-hmm. COVID too. Yeah. So I feel like I, I kind of like had a birthday and I was just like, okay, yeah, I finally feel my age. Like I feel, you know, pretty mature in a sense and, and more in tune with myself and I can communicate better. Um, mm-hmm. And that was something definitely to be proud of. So I was like, yeah. okay, cool. Like this is, this is 20 this feels like this feels really good. Like, you know, it, yeah. just, it gave me like a really, uh, you know, uh, like positive feeling and like that I can kind of handle these yeah. next couple years, like way better now that I have these new tools like on my right. plate. So right, I'm glad that that's, you acknowledge that.
1: Yeah. That's actually a, um, a trauma response where if sometimes in life you're like, I feel like I'm just, you know, this kid that doesn't know what they're doing in this adult body. Mm. That's because there was a trauma for you at that age that you're feeling that emotionally you have not been able to grow past and to grow through. Yeah. So when you start doing the trauma work and the healing work and you start to feel your age more comfortable with who you are and you don't feel like this scared child anymore, that's because you're healing from the trauma at, around that age.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which yeah. I think is fascinating.
0: <laughs> Learned that yeah. recently. I was like, it makes sense. Yes. And so, uh, when you meet people who have gone through things, you know, unfortunately, you kind of have to acknowledge that there's a part of them that might still be there. Totally. And depending yeah. on their actions and words and etc., you know, you might have to meet them where they are, and that's where mm-hmm. um, uh, you know you can kind of really connect better with those friendships as difficult as it can be. Um, you know, some people are just like are uncomfortable to do, but if you, you know, keep an open mindset and you're compassionate, you know, and you communicate properly, like you can kind of like connect with your friend who is, or yourself who is going through that. So, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. We're all on
1: a different level of, and part of our journey and healing and awareness. So It's interesting to see someone who's a little bit younger doing and acting and saying the same things that you had once done. You're like, oh, I remember being there. Yeah. It's It's like, like, just give
0: them time. It'll be all right. mm -hmm. And then like life really comes full circle. You're just like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and yeah, it's definitely something to be grateful for. Um, Yeah. Having
1: kids has really forced me to um, own up to a lot of my shit because being, being a bad mom mm. just simply is not an option. Absolutely being not. not being completely present for my children and with my children just simply just isn't an option. Yeah, um, it's just not for me. Some people are able to say, "Well, I can't do that right now," and for me, it just it just never it's just never been an option. I just never allowed myself to have that. Wow. I,
0: I, I applaud you. That's, that's so hard.
1: You know, it. there's, there's a good, um, you know, a, a feeling, a sense of feeling when I, I can tell my son, you know, I'm sorry I snapped at you. I shouldn't have done that. It's never okay. And I don't agree with parents treating their children differently just because they're children. They might be four five or six, but they feel, the same feelings that you do just as intensely and it's just as real just mm-hmm. because all doesn't make it less real for them. And I think that's something that as a millennial that has a boomer parent um, is very deep rooted in, in my childhood. I was very, I was very well loved. My dad, um, his first dad was um, well, both of his dads were in the army during world war ii his first father was really angry you know he was an alcoholic and his second father was very loving and very nurturing and he wanted to make sure to give that aspect to me and my sister growing up so i know that i was loved i was very loved there were still mental and emotional needs that needed to be met that were completely ignored so i i don't My parents went to bed every night knowing that they did their absolute best. They showed me that they loved me Mm -hmm. the best way that they possibly could. And they changed a cycle. They changed a behavior from their parents to their parenting style. And from everything that I've been through, I'm now changing my parenting style from that. I'm not going to continue, well, this is how I was treated as a kid, so you're going to get it. No, I didn't want to be treated that way, so I'm not going to treat my children that way reach yeah.
0: that's what we need breaking yeah. that generational trauma and generational like yeah. parenting and habits it's just like you've gotta, you got to you got to cut those ties and that's yeah. really good because you know i feel like as as a human race i feel like we are evolving and you know we do need to acknowledge these emotions it's it's not human to to do that so no it's it's, we were
1: you know sink or swim motherfuckers and with my Mm -hmm. with my kids i'm like hell no this is the life jacket this is how you use it and when you get out you're going to want to do that over there because i've done this because i had to figure out to sink or swim Mm
0: -hmm. and a couple
1: times i fucking sank and it took me a lot longer to get out of that
0: yeah and i'm I'm going
1: to set my kids up for success simply because i love them Mm
0: -hmm. and i'm going
1: to to show my love in more than one way by saying, I love you, you know, more than just saying, I love you more than just saying, well, you have a roof over your head Mm -hmm. more than saying, well, I feed you, you know, it's, it's more than that. And, Mm -hmm. um, I want my kids to have the best. I'm going to set them up for success in the best way that I possibly could by giving them, you know, I had so much love. I had a great childhood. Um, I was, you know, very emotional, very over the top. And I remember all of my family saying, oh, it's just Laura being Laura. No one once ever stopped and asked me, are you okay? How do you feel? Mm-hmm. No one once ever validated me. They always brushed it off. Like, well, it's just Laura being Laura. No, you can't do that. No, it's just this. And that right. That was how I saw myself. I mean, that's still how I see myself. I'm trying to, you know, work on that. But um, yeah. Definitely, definitely not going to raise my kids in the in the same sense that uh, that I was raised. I think that's that's a big one, and also understanding why our boomer parents raised us the way that they did, um, compared to their parents. Yeah. So, and that's you know breaking those generational cycles, doing that ancestral DNA healing is so vital to new generations to being mm. successful and to being really healthy adults.
0: No, I'm really glad that you mentioned that you had a good, happy childhood. You felt loved.
1: Oh, very and- loved. Yeah, I yeah, never yeah. went without. My, my dad was um, in the fire service. He was a firefighter mm. for many, many years. And then he was a fire chief. And he was actually um, fire chief of Littleton, Colorado, when Columbine happened. So Whoa. he was all over the news. He was doing interviews. I mean, he's got his PhD now, and I've got his dissertation. I mean, he's very—I mean—extremely respectful, extremely wow. successful. Uh, um, you know, and he cool. wondered. Yeah, uh, you know, he was telling someone one day. He was like, "Oh, I just—I wonder why both my kids went into the military." And they looked at him and said, "Well, look at what you've done. Your whole life, you've always been in the fire service. You know, it's—it's it's only natural that they would want to try and do something as similar." He's like, "Oh, you know," and. We've got all this military on uh, my mom's side of the family as well. So I forgot where the hell I was going with that. Oh,
0: no. That's a, wow. That's okay. But no, <laughs> like, I just I just think that more people need to realize that, that you don't have to go through a traumatic childhood no. to have not had a fulfilling childhood. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was showing very, very
1: clear signs of mental and emotional um distress as a child. And it was just blown up to me being eccentric, mm. you know, which is what else could I possibly expected from my boomer parents who had no knowledge of this, who was like, well, you just don't, this is just how you are
0: mm-hmm.
1: not. Well, this is a symptom of something bigger. Right. Um, and I, I, like I said, I was very loved. I was never, I was never once abused. The only level or form of abuse that I ever received was actually from my grandmother, with her fire and brimstone damnation um, influence, it, I mean, it was it was bad to the point where I was five, I believe, and my mom went to change me and she went to take my shirt off. I said, no, you can't. That's a sin. You can't see me naked. And she looked at me and she said, who told you that? I said, Grandma Mickey. We didn't see her for six months. My grandma's bipolar. She's been in and out of the hospital, like. For mental health. Um, And that's only the one, that's the one big instance that I remember. And it really scares me because how much more did she whisper into my ear that I don't remember that plays such a huge impact on my self worth today? Because my parents never told me that I'm a failure.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But feel it in my core that i'm not worthy and i really my like i said my grandma was all fire and brimstone she's like if when you pray to god you better mean it because he knows if you're not serious and i remember like she told me when i was going through puberty i wanted to cut my breasts off because i thought i was being sinful i remember i would pray to god to forgive me after i was naked taking a shower like it was bad like my grandma fucked me up my grandma fucked me up oh she fucked me up (laughs) (laughs) And I <laughs> I think it's really interesting that I have I have such a deep like uh you know, Christianity will be such have such a pillar in my heart, be such a step like a a very um strong foundation. But I am I am absolutely not a Christian practitioner. Um I definitely lean more towards Celtic and, and doing in, in doing those things and finding the paths that my ancestors have led have really made me feel far more connected to myself versus just what everyone's telling me I need to do. Right. Um, so really getting a strong spiritual, not religious spiritual foundation is going to help you mentally so much. And another thing I've noticed is that, you know, be wary of the people who say, well, if you don't do this, then you're damned just just walk away just walk away from those people because they're just it's out all out of fear it's all fear-based and not from a place of divinity
0: yep in my opinion so yeah no that's very true that's a big red flag honestly yeah yeah (laughs) then that's not the goal that's like their tactic but that's not that's not what we do here okay No. no damn thank you for sharing that laura yeah um, I think that's pretty cool. I mean, unfortunately, I don't have kids. I'm not even – I don't even look at a guy or girl too long because um, I might fall in love. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you might. But, yeah, I'm just over here just, like, you know, taking mental notes because, um, cause yeah, like I said, we're evolving. And I think that the next generation and even the generation alpha right now, that I have to be, you know, very cognizant of, you know, my energy and – and what I say to them and how I say it. Yes. Yes. That's, you know, it's just speaking volumes. Like, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't personally want to really share right now, but just like, yeah, I feel like the way I was spoken to as a child, like sometimes in, in, at school, I was just like, ah, what the fuck is going on here? One thing Uh, that we're really,
1: we're really specific about is when we tell the kids, no, we tell them why. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, when we were kids, we're like, don't do that. Okay. And then we just didn't question it. And then you wonder why you have all these adults now who don't question things and just follow. Like, what? I'm supposed to do that? Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you think? Well, I don't know. This is what I was told. That's nice. What do you think? Right. And then it becomes this whole you know, what do I think? What am I? Who am I? What do I like? You know, when you when you pull away those layers of things that you've been told or things that you're influenced by or things that you think you should be versus, you know, being with yourself. um, That's been a big one. So when when you tell the kids no, and you tell them why they understand the mechanics, and then they understand the specifics. So they understand this entire situation now, and can apply that into other aspects and other parts of their life. So it's like, oh, don't do that. You know, if you play with that, you know, piece of glass that you found, you're going to get cut. Well, guess what? It's sharp and this and that. So if they find something else that's sharp, they know, oh, I don't want to touch that. Instead of just saying, don't touch that. Well, why? Yeah. And then they're fearful. Instead of leading children with knowledge, you're going to restrict them with fear. And that's something that I'm. I'm being very careful not to do.
0: Yeah. Again, just like cutting that out. And Mm -hmm. I mean, and again, they're just, they're, they're human. They're, you know, just as feeling as us and just as curious as us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the short answer is just like, that's just not lazy parenting. Yeah. It's a lot of work. I tell you what,
1: raising two boys, eight and four. God, it's a lot of work explaining these things to them. But damn it, if I'm going to, I'm not going to let these boys grow into men that just mm. bully people around and say don't do that because i said so fuck that All right
0: yeah you're gonna know cool.
1: you're gonna have you're gonna know like i said the mechanics and the specifics
0: yeah that's very
1: well-rounded yeah
0: <laughs> hell yeah i'm so yeah i'm very i'm very proud of you and i really admire that so i'm taking mental notes okay <laughs> right For and the and an,
1: right and that's a, another thing that we um we're also very specific about, and I don't know if this, you know, wh- what kind of type of listeners, but, um, we've been very specific with their kids about, um, anatomy and actually calling your body parts, what they're called because we don't want mm. them to have shame towards them, their own bodies.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's a yes. big been, one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I've been hearing about that and I'm so glad because when it comes to, you know, children being, Um, you know, abused or, Mm -hmm. you know, molested, you know, they they need to know the body parts in order to tell someone what's going on. Yeah. Um, And
1: we, we tell them like, no one touches you other than me and dad and the doctor. If you mm -hmm. only, if you have a problem other than that, nobody gets to touch you and you don't touch anybody else, no matter what they say, child or an adult. There you go. Yeah. Like it's, we've been very specific about that, but we, we want them to be comfortable in their skin from top to bottom. I mean, everything about their avatar is theirs. Yeah. And they are in this jellyfish suit and it's theirs. And there's nothing to be ashamed of or scared of, which is um, a big thing that I I have personally gone through with other millennials as well. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of making this a generational thing. I like that. It's cool. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So wow. that's a big one. It's a big yeah. One. Oh my gosh. I'm – I'm not ready for that, but that's, girl, hats off to you. I I bet it. I hear, I mean, kids, (laughs) kids are great. Like, I mean. They're a lot of work. They're a lot
1: of work. A lot of work. Especially when you are parenting uh, through your own trauma. And that's something else that no one talks about. Mm -hmm. When you have children, they're going to trigger your traumas. Your childhood traumas are going to get triggered. And not only do you have to mother your inner child that's wounded and hurt. You also have to guide this other person who's Mm -hmm. never been through this before. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a balance. It's a, well, thank you for sharing that,
0: Laura. I really appreciate it.
1: More, more parents need to talk about it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. About the real,
1: the real aspects of it, because more people than you realize are going through the same thing. Or they're questioning their parenting and then they finally hear someone talk about it and it all clicks for them. Yeah. So it's never too late to, you know, change your parenting and you know, I, I try we try to parent through love and logic. Um
0: that's a good way to go through it. I like Yeah. It. Yeah. Okay. Um well, uh what do you want to get back to veganism or your plant I am thing, or I am not gonna kind of wrap that up.
1: No, no, I, I plants, plant matter, plants. Um, I am not vegan anymore. I hold don't, up. I lost. I you. Oh, oh, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, thought I can lost you, hear me? you. All right. Oh. Yeah, okay. So the oh, oh. plant based. Yes,
1: up? plant. I am. I am not plant based anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we do eat. We eat everything. We really we don't drink milk. Um, mm. we don't do very much dairy. Just yeah. because it's such a big IBS trigger for everybody in the family. Oh right! We yeah. just got chickens. We just got chickens. We got some California whites, so we're really excited to have our own, our own eggs um, oh, from a, from chickens that are actually you know healthy and walking around in fresh air and a yeah. big yard and
0: mm. all kinds of
1: wonderful things. So, They're so that's cute. exciting. excited. Yes, and my husband is an absolute phenomenal archer he kills everything left and right constantly so we very rarely i know we very rarely eat um farm meat and when Mm -hmm. we do we go to our local butcher shop that um they only get their meat from the local farms here in the area that are organic grass-fed no hormones um very well taken care of animals that you can see you can actually go to the farms and see them and they're very happy very happy oh. healthy well treated animals um but like i said what the types of food that you eat have such a huge impact and i'm a firm believer in voting with your money every cent i spend i view as a vote so when people say well i can't afford you know organic food and this that well you if you cut something else out that you really don't need, you can. Mm-hmm. And so we've cut a lot of, like, we don't, we never go out to eat. I mean, it's so rare. It's so rare. And because of that, we save all of our, all of that extra money. Mm-hmm. And we, we buy organic when I can, when we can, and when we can afford it, mm-hmm. it's all organic. And um I think, when I first met my husband, he was like, that's just stupid. We're all organic. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's not what this means. And no. so I had to explain to him, like, it just means that they're not using pesticides. They're not using hormones. It's just food the way it's supposed to be. And he's noticed a huge difference. Um, cause we, we both have, um, he's got, uh, bulge, bulging discs in his back. And we both had the same shoulder surgery and we both have three anchors and I've had surgery on my ankle and, you know, we're, we're busted, we're busted up. I have complete, I have full crepitus in both of my knees. And um, when you lower your body's inflammation, everything just kind of works better. And when you take out certain man-made toxic um, influences out Mm -hmm. of your body, it makes a huge difference in how you're going to feel and how your brain processes. Yeah. Which has also helped with depression. And if um, if you guys are, are having issues with depression, I really recommend using St. John's wort tincture. Now, mm-hmm. St. John's wort does have... Um, don't take it if you're on birth control. It can affect your birth control. Um, you Hormonal know,
0: check- birth control?
1: Yes. Hormonal. Yes. Birth Hormonal birth, birth control. control. Yeah. It will like counteract that so don't do that um it can make you a little bit sensitive to the sun so Mm -hmm. make sure to wear sunscreen and then saint john's wort has a lovely synergy with passion flower so if you take saint john's wort with passion flower it amplifies the ability of the saint john's wort also also saint john's wort is amazing for the herpes virus so if you get cold sores or if you have genital herpes, taking mm. St. John's wort, when you start to feel a flare-up coming on, will really help lessen the severity. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yes. Yes. So, but, you know, if you're on any prescription medications, make sure that they will not negatively interact with St. John's wort before you take it. Also, there was one peer-reviewed study that I read. Um, a woman had been taking, I mean, copious amounts of St. John's work for a very long time. And mm-hmm. she had surgery. And it took, I think, like an extra hour or two to wake her up. And she was like grimacing in, you know, her face was grimacing. And she was, you know, calling out and all this other stuff. But she was completely unconscious. So... They recommend stopping St. John's ward at least 72 to 48 hours before surgery, before anesthesia. Um, But -hmm. this was also, she was taking an extremely high amount for, I think, eight months to a year. So that's, you know, something to consider. Also, a big one for people who feel crappy, as in body and mind, vitamin D. Vitamin D is so essential for your immune system as well as your mental health. And, fun fact... Most of the people that go into the ICU units with COVID are vitamin D deficient.
0: What? I do not know So
1: that. now vitamin D is fat soluble. So when you take it, you want to make sure it has short, medium, or long chain triglycerides. I personally recommend a liquid vitamin D. And it can have, you know, all three short, medium, long, but you want at least one of those in there. So that way your body is actually going to absorb the vitamin D. And you need, I think a healthy adult needs at least, I think it's 2,000 IUs a day. Okay. I give my kids uh, 2,400. Here in the Pacific Northwest, we're in Washington state. I give them more during the wintertime because we have so many dark days. In the summertime, we don't take vitamin D. We get everything from the sun. And I'm also, I'm also going to tell you right now you don't need sunscreen the way that it's being marketed I mean like I'll get burnt on my shoulders if I'm not careful or like on my cheekbones because I have terribly high cheekbones it's the curse oh <laughs> and, my god, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'll put you know sunscreen on my face because I don't want my face to get burnt and I'll put it a little bit on my chest because Your decollete is one of the first areas to show early signs of aging. So I always take Mm. good care of my chest and on my shoulders because I don't want to get, you know, skin cancer from too much sun. But you need to have direct exposure to the sun. So most of the time I put my kids outside without sunscreen. If we're going to be outside like in direct heat for a long time, oh, we're getting sunscreen. But I'm also I also make sure that these kids get direct contact. It's so important for your body to make its own vitamin D. Mm. It honestly
0: and just sounds like we're like the plants that are really yeah right. <laughs> just,
1: There's oh. that thing plants are here for us. We're you know and that's another thing I'm going to go ahead and talk about because I'm all woo woo if you want to call it woo woo. I am a huge lover of crystals now.
0: If I say,
1: no, I'm not like, okay, hold this magical quartz and all your dreams will come true. They are tools. They hold frequencies. You got to do the work that Mm -hmm. this little guy can help you. It's Mm -hmm. the same way. You have to do the work to be healthy, but having a supplement can also help you. There are tools to help you, tools to help you focus and to help you grow. So all of these things are literally here for us. And it's really freaking cool wow
0: you spewing out all the good facts i'm I'm trying Um, i'm trying but i mean that's just that just goes to show how we can really take these things for granted and um i mean i'm really glad that you mentioned that you mentioned it a little too late now that i'm moving colorado but yeah the seasonal depression is a freaking pain on top of depression shit Mm -hmm. so and then and then it's um, like
1: what's what's the chemical imbalance versus mm -hmm. you know the external influences Mm -hmm. versus diet like there's you if you can't get everything taken care of you're going
0: you're you're gonna feel like shit Mm -hmm. absolutely so yeah sun sunlight water Mm -hmm. get your like eat your greens. Like, it's just, I don't know. Like you just, yeah. can con- you can only continue so many bad habits until you start feeling like crap.
1: Exactly. So
0: Laura, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I think with you mentioning crystals opens up our, um, our next episode, since you're going okay. <laughs> to, since you're going to be a repeated guest. Yeah. I, I, I would love <laughs> that. Yeah. So next episode we should talk about like crystals, tarot and all that. good stuff but thank you for providing so many different levels of knowledge of just you know good good healthy habits to implement and to not take for granted like I said yeah so um but so let's wrap that up at at now that you're kind of like at the end of not the end of this journey but just like you've you've done your research heavily how is your IBSD now
1: Oh my gosh. Um I very very rarely have a flare up. I mean that is the last, awesome. The last flare up I, I mean we'll I'll go like months. I'll go months without a flare up. Oh, that's awesome.
0: I love <laughs> oh, Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, and yeah. I I can't you know, I can't imagine that level of independence that also comes with it. So just girl, I'm so happy for you. And, and thank you again for just sharing all this knowledge. Um, yeah, thanks for and having me on. I'm really excited. I'm really yeah, excited. Yeah. Your journey is like nothing short of like not interesting. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have to have you back on. That sounds good. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Laura, well you have a great day and, um, for the audience, if they want to get in touch with you, are they allowed to or like not? Oh,
1: yeah, totally. Totally. Ooh, yeah. yeah. All
0: right. Let's get your Insta girl. What's your number? What's your name?
1: I'm just kidding. What's my, my my handle is Laura of Rose.
0: There you go. Laura of Rose. All right. Hit her up. And y'all. a lot
1: of you might already know my husband, depending on, he's hiking with a Viking.
0: <gasps> no way. A lot of people,
1: a lot of people don't know we're married. What? <laughs> Um, Is
0: that like intentional? You're just like, oh, yeah, that's that's him. That's my room.